yes, welcome to episode 16, uh, where we've got uh, Nick Slevin with us, uh, publisher, editor-in-chief for uh, six national magazines, uh, all are uh, pertaining uh, to real estate, and we'll be talking about all that kind of stuff, and welcome, and nice to have you. Thanks very much for inviting me, gentlemen. I appreciate the opportunity to be here today and to speak to the audience and answer any questions. Yeah, so, absolutely. So, so if uh, if you don't mind, the, the way we like to usually get started is just uh, maybe your story, how you got involved, and what you do today. Uh, just kind of take us to the beginning and how this all came about. Um, well, essentially, I make my living in the advertising side of the publishing business. Um, we used to call ourselves a magazine company, but of course now we can't. It has to be media because magazines is sort of a dirty, dirty word anymore. Um, yeah. So we, we're a publishing company, we're a business to business, specifically a business to business publishing company. And we started in 1990. I started a little earlier than that in Dublin, where I'm from in Ireland. And I worked for magazines in England and in Ireland before I moved to the United States at the end of 1986, about 5 million years ago. Um, and I continued my career in the magazine business and uh, started my own company uh, in 1990 with the launch of Builder and Developer magazine, um, which we published monthly and has been published monthly ever since. And uh, it started out serving the local Southern California home building community. And it, it didn't take very long for it to, to grow. Um, and after seven or eight fairly short, fast years, uh, we, had, we found ourselves facing a national home builder audience. Um, from our business down here in Newport Beach. And uh, we started adding additional titles uh, as the years rolled by. Um, we added options for today's fine homes because home builders were starting to sell houses in the same way that the, the big three used to sell cars. So if you wanted to add something to your home, you could do that at the design stage and then it would just go on your mortgage. Um, and so options and upgrades became a very valuable opportunity for the home building community. And so that magazine, Options for Today's Fine Homes, was our second title. Um, and then we launched a magazine called 50 Plus Builder because there was a growing trend for boomers and retirement communities. Um, and so uh, that, that magazine was launched successfully um, as a third title. Um, and we, um, within that publication, we would showcase uh, developments, communities, master plan communities. In those days, golf communities were very popular. Now, of course, farm communities are more popular um, and the, the boomer community that were taking their chips off the table and downsizing and becoming empty nesters. Uh, um, the builders were looking for information and competitive advantage to build to that particular buyer component. So we, we supplied a magazine for that. Um, we launched Green Home Builder magazine 15 years ago this year. Um, there wasn't really anything like it going on and the greening of the nation's building codes for residential construction was creating quite a lot of, of uh, concern for, for home builders. Um, uh, you know, bottom lines are definitely impacted by, by you know, uh, more complicated building codes. And so we launched Green Home Builder magazine to sort of guide people's um, way through the maze of regulation and also provide some ideas and some, some options and solutions for for green, what is green? Sustainable home building, high performance home building is what has sort of become known as um, really now. Um, and we've been very successfully publishing that magazine and uh, even got into our own home building project to demonstrate best practice. 
And then we launched Residential Contractor Magazine, which is really designed for the sub-trades, the small builders, the custom builders, and the remodeler community. And then I looked up and, uh, and I realized that we were probably a little too deep in home building <laughs> about, about 2010, 2008. Um, realized we had five magazines for home builders and that was probably four too many. And so uh, we launched a mag magazine that with a subject matter that had been near and dear to me uh, called American Infrastructure. Um, An American Infrastructure is a magazine that, that that addresses uh, things that are not specific to home building, but then therefore not necessarily of, of great value to your audience. But uh, in as much as we all use roads, bridges, airports, and so on every day, uh, maybe not airports, uh, it's, of, it's of interest uh, just generically, but that has been a, a fun um, project. And 12 years later, we're, we're very happy with the results. And so we have developed a secondary audience and diversified a little bit into that municipal management infrastructure business. Can you, can you tell us a little bit about like contributors for, for the infrastructure magazine and how you guys come up with that content? You know, uh, we, <laughs> I think we were thinking outside the box a little bit. Um, we took a look at the, at the municipal management world and, and how the business to business media community were really addressing the subjects and the content and the topics that are specific and of interest to that community. And we realized that it had been very vertically sliced. I mean, there's, there's magazines for people who are stormwater professionals and water professionals and, and you know, people who you know, replace the manhole covers on streets and people who design traffic lights. And, and it was really, uh, you know, it was very, very spread out. And what I wanted to try and do with our team was bring it together in a more cohesive way. So we've taken more of a macro look at it. And so we, we started going to you know, the management of a city. So you'd have a public works director and you know, maybe even someone in the mayor's office, um, the public works director and, and the city manager and you know, people at that level um, who have big impacts on budgets and decisions and so on. And then we decided, why don't we, while we're at it, for the sake of a few hundred extra copies, send a copy to every member of Congress and the US Senate, and every state's governor, and a few copies to the White House while we're at it, not to mention, uh, you know, uh, folks at the Department of Transportation and the Housing and Urban Development and all the other government agencies that, that are impactful of, of, uh, of this, the Army Corps of Engineers. And what was interesting was we started getting correspondence from some of these people. And so as a result of that, we have had a, a, you know, a big city mayor or a state governor and a state governor in many cases. In fact, we're working with 10 governors for the current issue, which is in production. And they're all anxious to share their COVID responses with us and what their states are doing in light of what's happening in the pandemic. And, uh, and so we're working through that with them. And we found it to be interesting. I don't know that any other media company on the magazine publishing side, at least on the business business level has really done that. Um, we didn't really design it so that our audiences would become our contributors, but that's precisely what has happened. And, and you get, um, I remember one day driving home from work and listening to Ed Randell, the former uh, uh, governor of Pennsylvania, um, speaking very passionately about infrastructure, so much so that I pulled over and I was listening to NPR and I listened to him speak for 20 minutes on this subject that I could tell was massively important to him. So I reached out to him the next day and after a couple of twos and fro's, we finally hooked up on the phone and he started writing a column for us uh, every issue. And it was brilliant. 
it was great. And I think that opened the doors for other folks um, of that caliber um, to, to contribute their thinking. And, and it's been very interesting. Excuse me. Well, let me ask you, um, you know, obviously you're getting a lot of no inside knowledge and information. And uh, with respect to COVID right now, that's the, the biggest topic. How have you seen uh, COVID affect the, the, the building community, if at all? Well, you know, it's, it's, it's been interesting. Um, from a home building perspective, uh, it seems to me we were all expecting, um, and, uh, you know, we were with bated breath. We all sort of went home on the 15th of March and weren't sure when we'd get back together again. Um, builders are known not unlike anybody else, but building is a verb. And let's, let's not forget that. If you're not, if you're not building, you're sort of a done builder and, and that's, that's not gonna work. So building was an essential business. Builders just masked up and, you know, put some protocols together. And for the most part continued, they maybe slowed down the pace of construction. Um, and some may have cause to regret that now because the demand has gone much bigger than anybody anticipated at the beginning of this. Um, so, of course, that's specific market to market. Um, Los Angeles is soft compared to this time last year, but much better than anticipated. New York is the same way. But there are other markets in the country, Cincinnati, uh, for example, Austin, various markets around the country where it's been, it's been crazy. It's, I think, how people would suggest. Taylor Morrison, big public builder, uh, recently announced uh, May's sales, 94% improved year on year. That's an incredible number. So it seems that the protocols that were designed to protect the buyer and the, and the realtor um, uh, you know, relationship have actually lent themselves quite capably and easily to the process. So uh, buyers don't seem to mind buying houses online and they don't mind going through virtual tours and they don't mind participating in some of these you know, distance specific protocols. And, and it seems to have not affected things to nearly the extent that I think people anticipated that it would, which is great news indeed. I have a question. I have a question for you since um, some of these magazines uh, you've been doing for 30 years. Yeah. Uh, is it month? It's monthly, right? Well, you want builder and developers are only monthly. Um, the other ones are bi monthly. Okay. Uh, so the builder and developer one. Okay. So, I mean, 30 years, who, who, where do you, where do you, get your content from i'm sure it's not just full of advertisements and solicitation i'm sure there's some content and obviously well, tons of content i mean right i mean we're episode 16 and we're already struggling <laughs> well okay well so what happens is gentlemen what happens is eventually you know you build you build uh, uh, momentum which in any business enterprise is very important and when the PR community, the publicists, if you like, understand that you are out there and you're going to be out there and you've been out there and you're consistently publishing quality content to a big audience, then you get on the radar screen and you start to see stuff in your inbox. We used to get piles of mail. Now we get, you know, small piles of mail like everybody else. And we get hundreds and hundreds of emails. I'm getting five or 600 emails every day. Um, and, and it's actually... Uh, you know, challenging. Um, but our staff goes, we you know we get a lot of stuff pitched to us. In other words, from the PR community, and builders want stories on their projects, architects want to share their design themes, the consultant community 
um, is a very important community because these are the boys and girls. We tend to gravitate toward people who are the keynotes at speakers at big events when there was when there were rather big events. So we would have I would canvas the speakers lounge at a big event or a big conference in the industry, and I would I would you know cultivate columnists that way and contributors. And in some of the cases, there are folks who have written for us consistently for 20, 30 years. And, uh, uh, you know, so we have a core cadre of, of, of regular contributors um, who come in and, and, and occasionally, for example, we have a, um, a lady who's running an interior design column for us um, on a monthly basis now. And it's been very interesting to see how COVID has impacted the design themes but last month we were covering millennials. So she asked if we would publish the article from her millennial staffer. So of course we agreed because, you know, if you're going to get a story on from about millennials, who better to ask to write it than a millennial. So, uh, you know, so interior design from the, through the lens of somebody who's actually in that age bracket and, and experiencing uh, what that particular community is of buyer is, is concerned with um, makes great sense. So, we have a great editorial test, a staff in here. We have a team of journalists who write themselves, but who also curate content for us. And, um, you know, uh, that's a big part of what they do is, is, you know, wading through stuff that comes to us and things that we go looking for and, and you know, massaging it into appropriate and relevant content. And, and we try to theme each magazine. So some things will not work this month, but maybe they'll work in two months and we'll We'll, we'll put them forward and share them into that particular edition. Um, so uh, curating content, developing content is a big part of an editor's job. Uh, the good news is there's nothing but stories. In, the, in this time of COVID, the, one of the very few um, bright lights is the fact that the story's changing every day. Mm -hmm. And there's so many um, different sight lines and and so many people are, are seeing and trying different things which makes for fabulous content for folks like me to share which we do i've got i've got a question i've got a question for you this is for um our realtors we have a lot of realtors that watch this um if if a realtor wanted to expand their um their network of builders, if they wanted to be more in front of builders, is that something that they should consider maybe um, advertising with you or somehow aligning themselves with, with your uh, publications? Look, we're always open for business. So, I mean, if you're interested in talking to builders, we have a lot of them um, reading our platforms. Um, but that's so, of course, people are welcome to reach out anytime. Um, if you're interested in the new home business model, and, and selling new homes, um, this is a good place for you to promote yourself. And, and we have people who do that um, already, already promoting themselves. Builders tend to have their own sales staffs, but they do have, uh, there are organizations like Ultimate New Home Sales, for example, who, out there, who are out there and they supply sales reps, realtors, who are specifically trained to work in the uh, you know, in the new home community, in a, in a model, for example. And they're very familiar with the new home versus resale home business uh, because it is different. There are definite advantages to a new house, for example. And every new home sold is essentially a custom home. It's a semi-custom semi home. The first buyers of a new house have, a, have an opportunity that the next buyer won't have. They have a chance to put their 
distinguishing features on it. And, and so builders have become very, very good at um, extracting and teasing what a buyer wants from their new home, from that buyer. And then those, those components and, and those themes are reflected in the, in the, not just in the floor plan and the design, but also in the merchandising and the paint scheme and the landscaping and all the very facets, various facets of the house or the home, whether it's a condo, a townhome, an apartment or whatever, even apartments have, uh, have evolved in that, in that, to that thinking. It's no longer a cookie cutter process. There are floor plans, there have been floor plans forever, let's face it, but there are, that's evolved, that process has evolved. As the consumer, the buyer um, has had more throughput into the design process and the sales process. And I think that's have been reflected now more than ever. And uh, as things like indoor air quality and wellness um, and, you know, working from home and studying and, and, and uh, which is, looks like it's set to continue ad nauseum um, becomes more prevalent and, and more, more widely accepted. We're all looking around at our houses going, wait a minute, we don't have enough bandwidth for Johnny, Frank, Michael, Michelle and Tim and the cat and ourselves, and we need more of everything. So we need more space. There's only so much room at the coffee table, the breakfast table, the breakfast nook, the picnic table in the backyard. So we're starting to see content. Uh, a lot of architects are giving us stuff, like huge amounts of stuff, ideas for you know, media niches in bedrooms and all sorts of fun stuff. Um, so you're gonna see, it's already, we're already seeing design changes as a result of COVID that are significant and indoor air quality um, adjustments, which are really gonna promote things like energy recovery ventilation systems and different things you can do to, 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 um, um, to filter your air and make your home a healthier, happier place. Uh, so, so we're starting to see content that's morphing into design that's under construction as we speak, which is fascinating to me. So that, diving in a little bit uh, uh, deeper on Chuck's question, um, you know, you're obviously a master at, at growing a brand and getting it to, to where it is today. What kind of tips can you give uh, the people watching today, whether they're in real estate or in development that are maybe just getting started or, or trying to establish themselves within a community? What kind of tips can you give them uh, that can help them in their business? I think you stay the course, you know, you have to remember you can get knocked down on a Monday or a Tuesday, but you get a fresh start on a Wednesday and you know, you may have had a couple of three bad days or a couple of three bad weeks or months, but you get to keep going and you, you get to keep pushing forward and try different things, different tactics, um, you know, continue to promote. I remember when I started, um, you know, it didn't take me very long to discover the building industry association of Southern California. Um, you know, this is a group of people that are specifically, in, uh, you know, involved and fully invested in their careers in the home building business and in whatever town or area. Um, and they are realtor. They're not so much they're realtors in, this, in as much as they're the sales folks and marketing folks who work for those building companies who work there. But there are also, uh, you know, the builders, the developers, the uh, the land buyers and agents, and the escrow and title people. Um, and the purchasing agents that work for the building companies that select the materials are, of course, the manufacturers who make the windows and the doors. So this is a group of people that I needed to get really invested in. So I remember going to meetings and just sort of timidly handing out business cards and, you know, introducing myself slowly but surely. And, and then I sat on boards. Eventually, I was invited to participate on boards and on committees. And uh, I spent a long time um, 
participating at that level on, on boards of directors and, and networking at, at events. And that's a very, very important way. Um, now, of course, we have virtual Zoom with cocktails and so on, which is fun. Um, but eventually we will be getting back to a networking, proper networking and conferencing. And, I, and that's something I would definitely advocate for anybody who's trying to promote themselves. Go to your you know, most suitable association or, or committee and go and participate. Go along, introduce yourself and network. And that's, that's a very old and, and proven way of growing a brand and growing a business. Um, uh, and you get a lot of uh, a lot of feedback and uh, instantly basically and it's a it's a very kind of a wholesome fun fulfilling way to promote your company um, and I've, I've been very invested in that and you can also sponsor things because these organizations are always looking for some help uh, to you know to be the wine sponsor or to be the parking sponsor or to be the event sponsor at something so go be that person if you have the wherewithal to put a little bit of money to good use it's always appreciated and, uh, and they will extend ex in exchange for a table for 10 or whatever it turns out to be, you could be an event sponsor at a, 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 a networking event. And that would be uh, get your logo up on the, on the board and get in front of three or 400 people or a hundred people or 50 people doesn't really matter. So that's one thing. And then just having good, uh, good branding includes, you know, good networking with, but paired with, you know, social media, you have to be on all these platforms. I have to say, I'm, I'm 56. I'm, I'm not 26. So, um, you know, although sometimes I feel I am, um, I don't use a lot of these platforms. I'm, I suppose LinkedIn, Facebook, um, we, our company has Instagram and Twitter, but I don't participate particularly personally, but my team certainly does. And that's very important. So you need to, we, are, we aggregate our own content across our platforms to big groups of people. Um, and, and that's important. So we share the content that we generate across our social media paging um, and on our websites. You have to have a fundamentally basic, you know, but simple enough website. And, and that's very important too. You have to be able to, first thing anybody does when you have them, when you ask, tell them about your company is they go look for you on Google. Or right. they, ask, they, they, they check you out online. So you have to try to, and unfortunately the internet is a funny place. You know, there's a lot of trolls, there's a lot of bullies, there's a lot of cyber bullying. There's a lot of, you know, disenfranchised folks running around being negative, but there's nothing we really do about that. You just sort of have to keep pushing forward um, and uh, do your best, do the best work you can and put it out there and, and uh, just keep rinse and repeat, you know, just keep Nick, pushing. Nick, keep I've, pushing. Got, I've got a question for you regarding, um, Solar, I know the solar now is mandatory. I know here in California, it's mandatory on all new construction. Um, and that's something that's been in the talks for many, many years. Yeah. I'm sure you've been in the front line. I'm sure you've been in the front line while it was in the talks. Um, yeah. do, you, do you see other things that could be like in, you know, in 2023 that are going to be mandatory that we can better prepare now for? Like you mentioned indoor air quality. Is there something else that we can uh, better prepare for? Well, I mean, you know, look, we build these ABC green homes uh, to a very high standard. And the, our job is not to build to code, but to build to beyond the next code. So when the project we just completed is in Crestline, because we're sort of showing off a little bit, every, every one of our bills has been lead platinum net zero. And the house we just finished in Crestline has 10 advanced energy certifications, including national green building standard, uh, I've got a whole list. In fact, I have one right here. 
this is from the uh, water sense from EPA. Uh, you know, we added that to our first bills. We do the water sense by EPA, which means so, so that the building sips water, it sips energy. Um, so our house uses an average of 65,000 fewer gallons of water every year than, than a comparable house would, which is a, about three domestic swimming pools worth, which is a considerable amount. So we don't just address indoor air quality. We look at, we look at the, this holistically. And wellness is a big part of it. Our interior design lady is, is uh, Gillian Pritchard Cook, who has a uh, Atlanta and also um, Newport Beach based interior design team. And she has a, a program called Wellness Within Your Walls, which is now becoming much more um, uh, immersive. And uh, I went through her program and became certified. And basically it's about, there's 10 or 12 tenants that. That, that she advocates in her program. And indoor air quality is of course a huge part of it, but also things like no off-gassing, you know, making sure that you cycle all the appliances through before you bring people into the, into the home. So there's no fresh smells of nasty, whatever factory specific treatments or paints or coverings, whatever. And, and you don't use any VOCs in your paint, which you can't anyway anymore, but there are some paints that still have um, vestiges of those. VOCs. So we build a house that's essentially inert. In fact, Gillian was so strong about this, she wouldn't even let us buy, you know, you can't put pine saw or other stuff. You have to use very, uh, you know, um, appropriate and natural cleaning um, um, agents when you clean the building. Um, and in our house, um, we did something different with this most recent build. Uh, we, 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 we deployed this thing called an energy recovery ventilation system, which is a new product that's come on the market. And in our case, it was made by Panasonic, but there are other companies that make these as well. The usual suspects, Air King, Bosch, you know, various other companies make these things. And what it does is it, 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 it takes all the energy out of the, all the air out of the building and replaces it. In our case, it replaces it every 15 minutes. So we've got about a 5,000 square foot building and every 15 minutes, all the air in the building is removed 78% of the energy, whether it's cold energy or warm energy is recovered from the air and put into the fresh air that it brings into the building. And then we scrub that through MERV 13 hospital quality filters. And that gives us a really supreme air quality in the house. I mean, we're doing everything except putting oxygen into the building. I mean, that's, that's about the only thing we're not doing. So all you gotta do is close the windows and, and you get clean air. But the other things that we, we adopted that were just coming into the code, the 2019 building code, were things have been, that have been borrowed from commercial and from hospitality. So now when you turn on, a, when you open a window in a new house, when the 2019 building code starts to really kick in later in the year, as a lot of the homes that are being built now were grandfathered in last year to the 2016 code. So what will happen is as these things come online, um, you'll start to experience some of these, these changes. So when you open a window in your kitchen, it'll shut off your thermostat. When you open a front door, it'll tell the thermostat to shut off. This is a straightforward taking something from hospitality and bringing it into the building code. It met quite a bit of resistance, but it is what it is. And here it is. It's, it's the new building code. So we went ahead and we, we re-engineered our building and we went through it. We were the, we were the first a project through the wall, if you like, um, for 2019's building code, which uh, which took effect on uh, took uh, uh, on January 1st, a year later of 2020. So even though we were we were we were grandfathered in 2016, I had our engineering team go back. So we went in and we did all the things we were required to do 
per the 2019 code, and we still smashed it and beat it by 37%. So none of it is onerous. None of it is none of it is silly. Um, none of it, it. It's a little bit of a learning curve, but once you've nailed it once or twice, then then you can easily builders are are going to have no problem. Uh, um, building to this more exacting standard. We're a publishing company and we're doing it. Um, right. So, so there, there are two things, obviously, that can disrupt an industry. One we just talked about, which is uh, code and regulations. Right. Uh, but the other thing is technology. Um, do you know of anything that is going to disrupt the building you know, community and industry? Or what, what are your thoughts on how technology is going to affect it? Well, I'm very, very up on technology, and I think I'm very big on 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 the technology that's that's affected home building. I mean, I, there's two ways of answering this. Let me address them. But it, it, the first way is the smart home tech. There is 114 things inside our project that I can operate from here. It, the house is 80 miles from here, but there's 114 things inside that building I can do from this. That's great. That's fabulous. There's, and I'm not just talking about the obvious things, but there's all sorts of fun things. We're trying to hotwire Alexa so we can have a poltergeist, so we can more capably demonstrate all the Wi-Fi operable equipment in the building at once. Um, you know, first the building gets dark and then the doors lock. That's always exciting. And then one by one, the various layers of Wi-Fi capable stuff start to come in. And, and so when you've got seven big screen TVs sur surfing and and all the lights are changing colors and the ceiling fans are going off and the doors are opening and closing and the garage door is opening and closing. It just kind of gives you a taste of the capabilities of smart home tech. We didn't set out to do that, but we, we sort of asked ourselves the idle question, I wonder how many things in this building are Wi-Fi capable? I didn't realize that my Samsung fridge spoke Urdu, but it does. It speaks 14 languages for anybody who needs to you know, communicate with a refrigerator in French. Um, Samsung has made it possible. This is what happens when a technology company gets into the appliance business. Go figure. Right. Um, it'll also send you pictures of your contents along with menu options and what you can do with, in my case, uh, three dead moths and an empty pizza box. Uh, and, and it'll order food from Amazon Food. And they tell me that they're working on a solution so that the fridge will provide a gate access code to the driver from Amazon and then call the police if he's not off the property in five minutes. Maybe that's pushing it a little bit, but um, but this is the technology. So that's one component is the Wi-Fi stuff, which I think is very enabling of the consumer and makes your home more like a video game, which is fun. And you can have layers of this. We went nuts because we wanted to see if the demonstration home, how many things we could do. And then it just became kind of fun. Well, if I buy 40 light bulbs, I can add 40 things. <laughs> so we, we have light bulbs, we can change the color, the temperature, and, 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 and I can annoy people in the house at nighttime. I can turn all the lights on. I can turn the heat so it's freezing or I can make it hot. Uh, you know, we can, we can have fun with those things. Uh, but the other component of technology is the ability for a realtor to communicate and sell a house without actually having to meet somebody. So you can use meetings like Zoom. You can have virtual tours. You can, uh, there's all sorts of light touch things which make it, uh, you know, holistically a much more healthy process. Um, and for example, the, the property next to our property in Crestline was sold. And I went and introduced myself to my new neighbors just last week. And they're a nice young couple and uh, they're there with their three kids. And uh, 
they're moving in and enjoying themselves and I, I'm very happy to have them there because our house is empty so we've got you know neighbors there now and I asked them what they thought about their realtor and they said we never met her and I said really they said they said yeah we, we never we never did meet her uh, we came up here and we let ourselves in through the lockbox and we had a look around and we liked it and we made an offer and everything was done digitally and uh, we signed all our documents online uh, everything was done digitally and, and the loan process was done digitally and everything was done uh, light touch. And, and that has to be good for the realtor and the mortgage community. It has to be. So I think long winded answer technology. Bueno. Bring it on. Let me <clears throat> let me ask you a question. Thank you for sharing that. I, I, we, I also feel that way that that technology is slowly going to take over um the the necessity to have to go and meet clients and if you can do a if you can give them a temporary code that'll open the, the house for you know five minutes ten minutes let them in let them see it by all means I'm, I'm i'm all about that my question to you now back to alignment because this is what rubbing elbows really was was uh, the reason we started was we wanted to align ourselves with people that otherwise we we don't really have access to so, for example, Leo is working on on a service on an app. I think I told you about it. That really uh, a target. It targets uh, subcontractors and contractors and being able to organize uh, uh, projects. And he can explain more about that. And I think you guys should definitely connect about that because he's national and you guys are national, and it's a whole B to B to builders. So that's that. But I've got a question for you regarding uh content for like local uh builders so for example my company we're in the heart of of we're in the heart of it all as far as new builders uh new buildings uh new projects that are being uh, developed by some of the top builders here in los angeles how could i contribute to you know uh builder and developer magazine um am i able to do a, a weekly, I don't know, bi-weekly or monthly column on, on what's been happening in our local market in LA? Well, there are, there are um, a number of ways that we can engage with um, folks. Uh, and we regularly have people advertising lots for auction and properties for sale and, and land and development. Um, and we get news from, from organizations that sell land, whether they're brokerages or, or auction houses announcing results and so on, which we share inside the magazines. Um, so the magazines themselves become a, a good source for, for news and content. Our industry news sections in the front of, each, front of each magazines is often filled with projects. For example, we'll be sharing the winners from the recent Gold Nugget Awards, which is an ongoing annual at the Pacific Coast Builders Conference, which is part of the California Building Industry Association. They have a, an annual design competition, which we participated in um, with our ABC Green Home and, and we final, didn't win this year, but we did final. So we'll be sharing the winners in, in future issues. So people reach out to us and, we, and since the awards last Friday, we've had a number of solicitations for content um, from folks who won asking if we would do a story on their project and so on. So that happens all the time. And so in the normal course of things, you just re reach out to our um, editorial team or to me via email or telephone, and uh, we, will, we would certainly provide content. We also publish an e-newsletter called Builder Bytes, which I thought was very funny when I launched it 12 years ago. It's builderbytes.com, which we publish 
on a more minimally invasive format of Tuesday, Thursday, and then a weekend edition on Friday. And it shares links to interesting things that are anecdotally going on in the industry and news and so on and so forth. And we're happy to share news on behalf of, of uh, folks in the community, uh, in our community. Um, and there's no charge for that. We just, you know, we curate content and we send it out. We, we go through and we refine the best and most appropriate content. These aren't themed, um, it's just news. And so if somebody has something they'd like to share, we're happy to share it and we can do that. And it's a complimentary service we've provided now for a dozen years. We were, you know, using the, it's an email piece. It's sent out to people's emails. Um, I think we have between our two, uh, um, our two databases, I think we're, we're, we're getting close to 400,000 subscribers digitally via email. Um, so we can, we can distribute um, that way. Also our websites, we can put post content on our websites for people with links to, to the, to, to, to whoever's news item that may be to their website. So there's lots of ways that we can engage for people and we do, and also our social media pages, whether it's Facebook, you know, for old guy like me or Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, you know, the, the, the other, the other more popular younger platforms, we can, uh, we can certainly advocate on those too. So anybody who has anything they'd like to share, we're very pleased to make ourselves available and our platforms available. They're pretty comprehensive. They're print, web, digital, email marketing, all sorts of ways we can. And I'm going to take, take you up on that. Do, please do. Yeah. I mean, like you, we're always looking for content and some of it's, yeah, mm, meh. Uh, a lot of it is great. And, 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 and here's the thing. If you have lots, whether it's infill or whatever, I mean, they're knocking down buildings down around here. We're in Newport Beach and there's not much of anything. Every square inch of this town has been built apparently yeah. um so now what's happening is there's factories being knocked in fact an eaton blower factory gave way to a 400 unit senior community over the last couple of years right next door to where we are um so uh, stuff's being knocked over to make way for uh, uh for for residential units and for and, and builders are and, and it's interesting it's not just small infill builders it's it's huge big massive production builders the big all the big guys are doing it big guys big girls you know they're all everyone's everyone's doing this um here and in all over orange county and la county and and in, in the inland empire you know you go out to murrieta and or menifee and it's shea homes it's richmond american it's it's brookfield it's kb home it's the big builders they're all there because that's where the land is cheaper and more affordable and they can build more homes at a time. But they're also buying infill properties and building very attractive, uh, you know, small lot, high, you know, high density multifamily units, we, either for sale or for rent with, you know, patio rooftops on them and self-contained parking and, and uh, you know, all sorts of wonderful um, design motifs that are coming online that are that are being deployed and in tight infill is a huge uh, piece it's, the problem is finding the land finding the the lot so we when we hear about land we tell people and we're a customer ourselves so hey i'll take so find, yeah so we talked about that before we find land i'll be sending you tons of stuff yeah i mean I'm, i've got we have a dozen realtors right now running around looking for stuff for us for yeah. the next ABC Green Home project, and I, if anybody's listening, who's uh, watching, who's uh, who, who's in the realtor, N Slevin at builder.media will find me, uh, 
And so by all means, uh, send me anything you have that you think might work because we're, we're looking we'll put, to pull uh, them. Tal, if you, if you could put that uh, in, the, in the comments for everyone, um, uh, Tal is on here. She'll go ahead and, and type that out. Can you, can you repeat that one more time? Yes, it's nslevin, S-L-E-V-I-N, at builder.media. That's my email. And uh, it seems to be out there anyway, so by all means, share, share it. Um, we're looking for we're looking for a small infill um, stuff everywhere um, to look. We're looking for uh, the right piece to, to to make a move on. But if anybody's looking to share lots and listings, I'll be happy to curate and promote them. And and if you send me what you're what you're looking to unload or sell, I'll be pleased to share. And Amazing. Amazing. Oh, idea idea for. Yeah, idea for realtors that are listening, uh, both on uh, Zoom and uh, on YouTube and Facebook. If you uh, want to start marketing uh, and saying that you have a buyer ready to buy a piece of land in, in a certain neighborhood, yeah. you have that buyer. So you don't have to just send out a piece of mail and then just hope to hook them. You actually have the buyer. Uh, we are coming. Go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. Okay, so we, we are coming up on, on the 45-minute mark, and unless anybody has a question, I do want to, uh, to ask you, what, uh, what's next for, for Nick and, and you know, your, your brands? What, uh, what does the, the future hold in your vision right now? Well, thank you. Yeah, I mean, you know, we, we, uh, we're, we've been very lucky, I have to say. I was so nervous that we were going to see a huge, you know, uh, decline in advertising revenue and, and uh, people rolling back their programs. And, you know, we, we had one cancellation of one single ad. And then that same person two weeks later, you know, rang me up and said, hey, um, can we go ahead and run that ad anyway? <laughs> so I was, I've been delighted. So we've been, um, it softened a little bit, but it came back. So our business is pretty solid. I'm very happy to say. So people are still advertising their products and services toward the home building community and the architectural community and the engineering community, which is great. Um, I've been, and I think that's really largely because not nothing that I have done per se, or we have done, but rather because the home building market has, uh, is holding up. It's, and some people are arguing that it's leading the economy and out of, you know, into recovery. Um, it, people are compelled. Home has become a much bigger story. Let's face it, which is where we spend almost all of our time. So, right. and, and people are making moves. They're looking for bigger homes or smaller homes or looking, they're moving, they're buying and the, and money being as, as affordable as it's ever been, I mean, it doesn't hurt that we're looking at sub 3% mortgage interest rates. That is certainly playing into the, into the upside opportunities for home, home selling, whether it's resale, or, or, which it mostly is, or new homes. Um, that's a wonderful opportunity. So, you know, uh, the, the upside opportunities are great. So we're going to obviously uh, continue to push forward. We're working on our 2021 programs now. It'll be you know, 12 issues of Builder and Developer and six issues of Green Home Builder and six issues of American Infrastructure and then maintenance of our websites and publishing of our e-newsletters. But the, the big thing for us is we just finished a, a big uh, ABC Green Home project. I'm actively this morning, tomorrow, yesterday, driving around looking at lots. Um, we're looking to make a make an offer on a piece of property. We can build two, two smaller four unit apartment buildings um, or condo buildings um, on a lot between 10 and 15,000 square feet that would have to be zoned, I guess, R3. How far um, out are you willing to go out of your area? 
I, uh, you know, I'd rather not be more than about an hour and a half from Newport Beach, just because. Just because I, I have I have two lots side by side uh, already entitled in well, Korea. You know, send them, send them. Where where yeah. we have it, where our teams are at looking. I'm out looking. So that's uh, once we get that lined up, our our design team. We work with uh, uh, some really fabulously talented t- people and, and Art Denalian and his son, John Denalian from Denalian Associates is one of the better of the, uh, of, the, of the very, very good architectural teams. And we are working with them on the next project and it'll be our first multifamily project. Um, exciting. We'll be building a, a very high performing, um, uh, energy efficient uh, multifamily uh, community little project um, to demonstrate best practices in high-performance home, home building design, technology, construction, and materials to our national audiences. And that, that will start. And we'll share the project from soup to nuts, from design through grand opening um, um, as, as it starts to evolve. So the last piece, the first piece of the jigsaw puzzle, I guess, is the, is the lot. And then we can design to that lot. So we're looking at all sorts of different things and evaluating to see if, uh, what the narrative might be and uh, there are no places off the table. I'm looking at everything. R3 is kind of hard to find. So we have to be prepared to get out of our comfort level a little bit and, you know, drive to Altadena or Pasadena or, you know, there's, but it's almost impossible to find something suitable. So we're, we're looking very hard. And that's when, once that box is ticked, it'll be full steam ahead. I'm actually um, sending you uh, an R3, uh, two R3 side by side lots in Koreatown. Very nice. Totally you cool. that to me on the phone. Very good. Yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah. So hopefully it'll be uh, uh, something we can we can we can take a look at. I like Koreatown. It's a very interesting part of the city, and uh, it's it's it seems to have become quite trendy, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's trendy, and they're giving a lot of forgiveness with the with the tears out there, the talk tears. But uh, yeah, it's an interesting part of the a part, part of Los Angeles, and uh, uh, growing and, and and interesting. But, you know, we live in a fascinating real estate area. I mean, we really do. I mean, I know I, I didn't realize just how much science went into this business until shortly after I started the company many, many years ago. I was invited to a grand opening in Irvine. And I went into it and the, and the, and the, the building science that had gone into the thinking behind this particular community. And I can't remember which builder it was, but whoever was building in the master plan down there. And it was very Asian centric, the, 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 the orientation of the, of the, they had identified that buyer community and that's what they were looking for. That's who the builder was. And so the, the, the houses were so specifically designed for that profile. And I remember being struck by just exactly how much science had gone into the, the psychology of this, the feng shui of the building, the wok kitchens, the, the whole thinking behind everything. And I, and I realized I was in a very fascinating, interesting business. Um, and how it had, how it had, you know, it morphed from, you know, the fifties and sixties where the builders would just build them and you just picked one and bought it. And now it's totally not that, it's not that at all. Um, but it's very interesting and, and, uh, and all the different product types and, and some of the most incredible design and contemporary design and craftsman design, all sorts of stuff that's getting a new lease on life. It's been very interesting. It's a it's it's a great story, real estate. It's a it's a wonderful subject and a fa- fabulous business to be in. And I'm very very happy that I uh, built my career in it. Absolutely. And uh, Nick, on, on that note, I want to take the opportunity to thank you for taking the time out of your day. I know you're extremely busy uh, to share knowledge with us and and give us the stories. Uh, thank you very much. Thank you everybody else for joining us. Uh, As always, we will be here again uh, next week, same place, same time. 
uh, hope to see everybody here. And uh, again, Nick, thank you very much. Appreciate it. It's been my pleasure, folks. I appreciate the opportunity. And don't forget, reach out anytime, anytime. Happy to, uh, happy to have been part of this today. And I appreciate the opportunity. Anybody Absolutely. We will connect offline. Thank you so Thanks. much. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye.